From the Wexner Center for the Arts, you are listening to the Learning and Public Practice Multimedia Guide for Climate Changing on Artists, Institutions, and the Social Environment. You know, when I was in undergraduate school transitioning into kind of being a professional afterwards, I was really interested in Marcel Proust, for better or worse. And I just love the idea that this man, this person, was like in bed, sick most of the time, and his mother would take care of him. And he just like wrote and wrote and wrote all these pages of just like the best paintings I've ever seen. Like his words were better paintings than I've seen paintings, you know what I mean? So, so I just figured like if he can do it, I can do it. In this conversation, we are joined by Basira Khan, one of the featured artists in the exhibition Climate Changing, on artists, institutions, and the social environment, along with my colleague and Climate Changing's curator, Lucy Zimmerman, Associate Curator of Exhibitions, and I am Dion Custer-Edwards, Director of Learning and Public Practice at the Wexner Center for the Arts. Basira, can you take a few minutes to ground us in your work, some of the things you are making towards, thinking about, um, any context you'd like us to know? Mm. It's a really big question because I, I think the one thing that I'm recognizing over time is that I use lots of different materials and different approaches, whether it's moving images, photography, collage, paper collage, sculpture and installation, you know, and I, and I sew all of that together with performance. So I think what I'm trying to do is create kind of a living being with my work. Um, and I recycle ideas and materials in all the different kinds of works that I'm doing. And some of the kind of verbs I would use would be assimilation, displacement, dislocation, but then also fluidity and also like harmony. Um, and so I like think about the kind of oil and water scenario with these kinds of um, lived experiences. For example, I'll think up, a, it's almost like a fashion line. So like every fall, I'll be like, this fall, I'm going to concentrate on surveillance. This fall, I'm going to concentrate on protection. This fall, I'm going to, you know, and so I think about that. And then those works kind of fall into those categories in a kind of natural form, because every year as a, you know, a citizen of this particular location in the world, we're sort of met with these new circumstances. And that's where the themes come, come from. I think it's interesting this idea of um, the, the watching, like where where the watching is happening and, and this idea of surveillance. I wonder if dreams are also looking or could Absolutely, be watching, yeah. watching. Yeah. And then I also wonder if so, I'd love, I'd love to hear you sort of talk a little bit about that. And, and also is alone staring at us too? Like this idea of alone, is that kind of constantly kind of kind of watching also? I don't know. Yeah, I feel like alone is a kind of, um, there is a kind of spirit to that. Um, 
And maybe like, okay, I'm going to say this. I haven't thought it through, but you're putting the seed in my mind, like alone and surveillance are cousins. And so they breed each other. So that's kind of an interesting concept to think through. One of the questions I had or things I wanted to talk about was how, how you use your body um, in, in your work as a, as a site, as a subject, as a material. I think about your work a lot in terms of how your work is um, an extension or effect of what, what's happening to you and responding to the world around you. But you said, you said something about when there's not a space that you think of your body kind of, or you said that I am the space. Um, so could you talk about the use of your body in your work? Yeah, well, around the time when I was in graduate school, it was like 2010 and, and through 12. And I was really starting to get serious about this idea of, of like, painting isn't a place where I can actually do and say and communicate in a safe way, because there's too much subjectivity. And so I have to actually impress upon my house and I always think about my body as a house. And I think it's like a very common Eastern philosophical thing to say is that your body is your temple. And so instead of it being my temple, I kind of just think about this as architecture. And I just happened to be at a school at Cornell University where they have, you, you're not an art student unless you're kind of injected into their architecture department. Um, and so I was able to really think about, um, you know, myself navigating that space as architecture, as space. Um, and so every time I make an object, even if it's a two-dimensional object, I think of it as a sculptural manifestation of my body, like an extension of my body. And though sometimes I'm not present, there's a kind of performativity of that, being a satellite of my body that sort of absent presence of your body. I, I think about that a lot when I was able to go to New York and see your show Snakeskin in the gallery and you were talking about the scale of the columns and how they're six feet wide. You were thinking about yeah. your, your wingspan, but also like what can fit through a door or what can go up the stairs in a building that doesn't have an elevator. And then also about the weight um, of them and that they have this the, the hollow foam core can be um, a conceptual um, device or conceptual kind of material, but also I remember you and Simone very gleefully just kind of like messing. Yeah, I, I, I want to make substantial kind of like, you know, Arthur Jaffa sized airplane wheels with chains, but I... I don't think that I would feel comfortable making an object that I can't potentially move by myself and the agency of being able to move that. And so I tend to work in multiples, like Braid Rage is a huge installation, but it comes apart in, in multiples. There's like all these little parts to it. And so all the little parts become a huge project. Um, and then as you, as you pointed out, um, snakeskin is a huge Corinthian column that is uh, dissected and the interior of the column is made out of foam core, which is an architectural material that actually indeed, um, you know, like mini malls and things that you see on the sides of highways, they actually use that material to build up these like really quick 
um, marketplaces. And so you're right. Like that was just luck. I was like, I want to make this light, but then also this is really conceptually tight. So <laughs> sometimes things just kind of like they're magical. They just fall into place. For more information about this exhibition, visit wexarts.org. And you can find Becerra at BecerraConStudios.com. Thanks for listening.